Hey. 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 It's the last episode of my Thai Happy Hour. The saddest day ever. Because Hambone is leaving us. Yeah, this is, I guess, the, the announcement, not really ahead of time, but we're going to tell you. I am stepping away from the show uh, after six years, and it's a bittersweet thing for me, but I need to spend a lot more time focusing on the writing and focusing on releasing games. So it is with great sadness that I will tell you all this is the final episode of the Mai Tai Happy Hour. So sad. So sad. We tried to, we tried to wait till Gabe was old enough to take over. But we're not there yet. We're not quite there yet. Do you have a zit, Gabe? Are you becoming a teenager? Just as you say, he's not old enough. Yeah, I'm wondering. Boo-boo. Just a boo-boo? No, it, no, no. I just a mosquito bite on my bed. A mosquito bite? Son of a gun. So you you were a little late, but I have set this up to be a live clubhouse today, too. Oh, my God. Awesome. So we are allowing callers to call in. 973 oh, wow. very impressive. If you have any any thoughts you want to have, if you want to share your thoughts on your favorite episodes of My Thai Happy Hour, your favorite segments, just give a call. Again, that's 973-632-3770. I'm probably going to delete this episode after tonight, or I'll just change my phone number. I can do that. Don't do that. That's weird, Gabe. What are we talking about tonight? So tonight we're going to talk about Prey, the new Predator movie that, that appeared out of nowhere on Hulu. And we got some thoughts on that. Sandman, after long gestating, will they, won't they, on lots of different networks and services, finally landed on Netflix. And it's a hot ticket this week. And then finally, we got to watch the Guar documentary. Yes. And it dropped on Shudder. Shout out to Shudder. One of my one of the things I'm happiest to pay for to stream movies No, I, I appreciate that. I think Shudder is a great home for it. No, not a horror movie in the least, obviously. This is a um, documentary about a group that uh, does horrible things in the imaginary world. Of uh, theater and and show and metal, but we'll get to that a little bit later. Dude, Prey dropped. Prey. Prey is the movie I was not expecting. I think I found out about it like maybe a month and a half ago or something that there was a new uh, Predator movie in the works and that it was um, going to be uh, take place in like Comanche and I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. Uh, Indian times. And it was going to, it was going to be right around the time when like American settlers were, oh, you're stuck. Oh, it's easy you can get stuck on that this time. Yeah. Uh, American settlers were going to settle into, you know, as, you know, it was that time in the 1700s when like all hell is breaking loose in America and, and people were slaughtering uh, Native Americans and there was just bad white people. And then there was the predator. It's the Comanche Nation 300 years ago. And, you know, we've seen predators pop up and be alluded to popping up throughout history. And with that being said, you know, this is the first time that we ever actually saw it. I mean, we've seen Predator movies on their homeworld. We've seen Predators, you know, jump in and attack in the United States. We've seen Predators all over the place. However, this is like the first time where it's like, we're going to show you a period piece. And genuinely, generally, period pieces are not like my favorite thing. Like, even though I love Me the, neither. Even, I hate oh, period I hate pieces. so much. I hate them. Even though I love Fear Street, all three of love, them. I love Game of Thrones. There's 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 stuff that, that does work. But it's it's hard, It's a harder sell for me with a period piece. I see them dressed up all fancy and, like, revolutionary. Colonial. Like, oh, 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 oh. Yeah, no. I can't do any of that. I, I, and I think the reason why I like Game of Thrones is because they talk in American English. They don't talk in old-timey. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Game of Thrones doesn't talk like Spartacus talks. No, Spartacus was very, very, very like I don't know what it was in Greek, but it was like uh, old timey, and I don't like old timey. I want to see like you know Tyrion Lannister talk about like dick and balls. But anyway, 
genuine exception of the rule. It is not only an incredible movie, it's an incredible Predator movie. I would dare say it's the best Predator movie that they have made since the original. Uh, yes. Arguably, AVP, Aliens vs. Predator 1, is amazing for different reasons. It is, but it's kind of... Because it tells the history of the, the aliens and the Predators and... Again, not talk about AVP two, AVP one. I mean, I but was, really, who saw that? Anyone who paid to see it couldn't see it because it was shot so dark. I, it was I, darker than agreed. a DC universe. It was, movie. A very, it was a very long time ago. I thought Predators was very good. With that, I think uh, Adrian, Adrian Brody. Brody. I enjoyed it. Um, then there was that horrible. I forgot about Allison remembered it. The Predator movie that came out before the pandemic. Oh, the, the Shane Black Predator movie. I Ooh, it was don't remember it at all. I may yeah. never have seen it, but she says she did, so maybe we did. But we reviewed it. But this is a different type of movie. Um, it was so bad, I remember it. Oh, that's how I know. Do you need to go potty, Gabe? No. No. What do you want to say? It's our last episode. There's no rules. No, you're just gonna stand there. You can play all you want with the Mos Eisley Cantina. I mean, it, or you can go upstairs. All right, that works too. Usually, he has to show his like exit. It's his like exit yeah, strategy. I, I love this. Um, look, a lot of people are talking shit because you know old white dudes can't handle. Uh, Native American star, female star fighting the predator, but I don't give a fuck. Oh, Amber Midthunder is her name. Amazing. And she is amazing. A every, Hopefully a bright future full of killer movies. Yeah, everyone in this movie is great. I have one complaint. I'm just going to say it right now to get it out of the way. I actually would. So they made, this is the movie ev first ever dubbed in Kamachi. Uh, I'm sorry if I'm saying it wrong, but this is the first time it's dubbed into it. I actually will go as far as saying, I know you don't love it, I think I would have liked it better if it was in the native language and it was dubbed in English because it's a little weird to hear them talking and like one of them has like a New York accent, like one of the guys. Yeah. Like I, I, they don't do any old timey talk. They're not doing accents. They're using their own accents. And the French though, or is it Italian? I'm not sure. The when French they, guys. When they come in, they speak French. So you're hearing it from, I think the way they're trying to do is you are from the Native American point of view. So you would not be hearing uh, another language unless it's a foreign language yeah i'm definitely gonna watch it again i i will say that this well i was saying does that did that bother you at all no it didn't bother me at all okay you know because you also hate subtitles i do but like i think something like this is worth it and i think that you know for me a movie like this especially coming back to like one of my favorite movies of the 80s ever probably one of my favorite schwarzenegger movies too predator and really upping the bar because it, it didn't just put it over the plate. I really did up the bar for what a Predator movie could be. It, it switched it up. It switched up the attacks. It switched up the how they were killed. Look, you got to remember that there's no mini guns. There's no machine guns. No. There's no grenades. In this case, it's truly people fighting with what they have. Rocks, sticks, spears. A musket. Yeah. It, 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 it's yeah, the musket, a little mini cannonball is basically what they can hit this thing with. And just watching how they have to take it out. Now, I will say, and a lot of the argument out there is they did, I feel like it didn't start with this movie. It was a little before. It became easier to kill the Predator. I feel like in the Schwarzenegger movie, like nothing would take it out. Here I found it, and I got to rewatch the original Predator. And I know I've seen it in the last 10 years because I remember it holds up. But I felt like that one was more of a killing machine. This one, it had weaknesses. This one definitely had weaknesses. This one was a killing machine in its own way. I do understand that logic. And that's not a negative. I don't think it's a negative thing, too. I know that they have established in past things and comics and all these other stuff 
Some predators are just better at it than others. And look, this is 300 years ago, so maybe predators were a little different back then. They're not expecting humans to be... I mean, they still had all the predator technology. Yeah. But nonetheless. And they show the cool ship, like the, the ship at the beginning is, a, you know, you know it's a predator coming. Uh, yes, he does all the um, very cool invisibility tools. You know, he does like the shimmer and, uh, oh, oh, we got a call. We got a call. Hold on. Hey, thank you for calling My Thai Happy Hour, our last show. This is George speaking. Who is this? This is your favorite melanated uh... man. RV. Big Black. How are you? Hello. Thank Good you. to hear from you, man. Thank you for calling. Well, it's no longer a funeral. Thank you for calling. Um, we, uh, I, I mean, look, we're going to take a break from Prey for a second. Uh, Vince McMahon, did you expect this? Are you shocked? Are you, what are your thoughts really quickly on what's going on with Vince McMahon right now? It was only a matter of time before he got caught up. I feel like the family had a hand in it. I feel like he was messing around, so... You know, a little backdoor. You know, Vince was doing some stuff like this. They tell the board, get him out of the way. Probably some of the happiest moments I've had when I when I heard that he was retiring. Even though I'm not entirely sure I believe it. I feel like he's still in the background, still messing around. I, I have heard that he legally cannot, like if he risks doing anything to involve himself in the company, he's risking up to criminal charges because of what he's done. So he cannot in any way interfere call a shot i mean maybe if he's having dinner with triple h but i have a feeling they don't have dinner together I, it's I an inside job right mm-hmm. oh yeah oh definitely oh yeah hey it could be shane for all we know yeah of course My shane, shane. yeah but then he he did all this because he'd get control and they're like no we're gonna have you know Mr. Levesque here, take it over. And he's like, son of a man, you know, I was so close. It's, you know, I have the same last name and I get none of the credit. So, you know, yeah, the and, struggle continues. And it, and it very well, it very well. I mean, it could have been like the guy who owns like uh, HBO. I think they have one of the, the former CEO of HBO, I think is on the board. Like it could be people just were sick and tired of him having that controlling interest and basically thinking he was God. But uh, last two, three, two weeks, I've watched everything and I've loved it. Yeah, I mean, the content's definitely gotten better, and it's one of those things where I figured something was going to have to come up. Some kind of hanky-panky was going to come out, but I figured right. it, would either, it would probably going to come out after he died. Like, someone would finally like yes. be able to tell the tell-all book. We all thought he was going to die first. We thought he was going to die in the gorilla position, but then, like, every day, it's like, no, he spent another $5 million trying to hush up somebody. So, like, it's crazy. It is crazy, and, like, it's got to be an inside job. And I bet there's a lot of AEW talent out there right now going, fuck, why didn't you tell me? I just had to wait six months. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Adam Cole right now must be so upset. So I just want to say something. Uh, Harvey, you had one of my favorite segments ever on the show. When you did the Hulkamania oh my God. booking, <laughs> uh, when you destroyed Hulkamania, oh. uh, possibly one of the best moments ever on the show. Uh, so thank you for that. Yeah, thanks. And uh, oh. You know, we had, you. we had to take a break. You know, we weren't talking about wrestling much. I, I like I got to say, I, I stopped watching w, non-pay-per-view WWE a while ago. And I have a problem right. with AEW. It has too much blood. Even right now, I've had people on the internet actually write to me and they're like, first three minutes of AEW, it's just a blood fest. I'm like, I can't have Gabe watch this. Like, I don't want the mood to have to explain it. He isn't, Gabe's not afraid of anything, but I still don't want to explain why it's fake. But they're bleeding all over the place. It's a lot of blood. It's, yeah, it's, it's like a lot of blood. A lot of blood. 
Uh, I don't know. Well, you you keep them on WWE. They're gonna. Well, I don't know. They've said they're gonna do the PG fourteen thing. Let's see if that really happens. Yeah, even with PG fourteen, I don't think they would even have a quarter of the amount. Like people are gonna bleed finally, but it's gonna be like um, the amount of blood that you're supposed to have. Or or hard way, and you don't have to stop the match because exactly remember that Samoa Joe match at XT where they kept like Samoa Joe kept getting more and more pissed off because the ref would stop in to clean them up, and he's like, just let the match fucking happen. Yeah. But I don't need to see, you know, I don't need to see blood to know it's because even like an MMA, like it's not blood unless you break someone's nose or it's more just like they fuck up their face, which I hate. But, you know, I guess I'm just becoming old. I like my professional wrestling predetermined and not bloody. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we watched NWA growing up. You watched, no, didn't you? You did. You were from down south, oh, wherever you're from. Like down give me, give me south, blood in hell in a cell. Down. You know, like yeah. the mm -hmm. appropriate time for blood. Born and special raised, occasion. Born, yeah. and born and raised up north. I only know. I only know Northeast WWE. Other than WCW, ECW obviously was a big part of my life. Right. But no, yeah. I did not watch NWA. I did not watch much South. Let me ask you guys both a question. Mm -hmm. Because I, I feel like you guys are a little more well-versed in ECW than I am, or you, you might remember it better. Was there as much blood in ECW as there is in AEW right now? No. And, and, no, and, no, not and, at all. And, and I also get bothered when people talk about how ECW would never, like ECW was how, it was all tits and ass and blood. And the fact is, no, most of the matches were Rob Van Dam versus Jerry Lynn or Psychosis versus Eddie Guerrero or, or Super Crazy versus uh, Tajiri. It was really good cruiserweight matches it was they'd always have one match on a pay-per-view that was like a barbed wire match right and that was right. it and most of those guys didn't bleed too much it was just because they used real barbed wires it's just right because in my brain i was like i don't remember ec i knew ecw was violent i remember ecw being violent a lot of concussions i'm sure but i didn't remember like that much blood compared to like any wednesday on uh, aw yeah I, I agree. And I, I mean, I, yes. Did they, Paul Heyman go over the top? Yes. Were they swearing? Yes. Was there a lot of, there was some TNA. Everybody had their thongs showing, but it wasn't as bad as people think it was. And it wasn't as awful as some of the weird shit Vince would do with his daughter and just some of the weird incestuous Gosh, stuff. Creep. Like Paul Heyman never went that route. Like it just, I don't know. It didn't. It, no, but Paul knew what he, well, Heyman knew what he was doing. He likes the violence. He liked plot. He likes storytelling and, you know, you save the blood for a real moment in time. Yeah. As opposed to just blood just because on a regular Wednesday on AEW, which is unnecessary because then now it doesn't mean anything when we see it in a real blood match, which we're not going to get anymore because everything's a blood match. He's doing it the opposite way. He's ruining Look, I agree. Harvey, again, thank you so much for being a regular guest on the show. We really appreciate you. Thanks, Harv. Thank you for being Thanks. part of us for these six years. You are one of the best. Thank you. And hopefully when the reunion happens, I'm invited. Hell yeah, Harvey. Hell yeah. Take care, buddy. Have a good one, guys. All right. Again, if you want to give a call in, 973-632-3770. I'm going to regret this, but hey, uh, it's the last show. Let's do it. And you can always bleep it out. Yeah, I mean, I could, I guess, but this is live now. I guess the appeal just disappear in a couple of days or instantly. Anyway. Praise uh, great. Praise great. Before we go to the next segment, one last cocktail. Oh, yes. Cocktail. Go ahead. I figured that since it's the last one, I should go out with what was the first, the Mai Tai. But we're going to do the 1944 Trader Vic Mai Tai. Very special Mai Tai. Now, this Mai Tai is one where you really do want to get the right cocktail, right right liquor for it, because nothing is going to be like this otherwise. So 
You know, build the cocktail on double rocks glass and add crushed ice until the drink fills the glass. And this is going to be a swizzler and not a shaker. So what you're going to do is you're going to add one ounce of aged Jamaican rum. Go with the Appletons. Treat yourself right. One ounce of 100-proof blank rum agricole. Again, find it in Appletons. Half an ounce of dry carousel. One ounce of fresh lime juice. One ounce of almond orgite. Yep. And then over the top, you want to float just a little bit of Jamaican overproof rum. And that's the difference because usually it's you mix them all together. Right. That's the floater. And I feel like that's becoming more and more popular. I, I got to tell you something. It's crazy that one of the biggest things, Josh Goldfarb used to bust my ball. So I've been into Tiki now since like. Surprise love Pittsburgh. You know, at least 2000-ish. And um, I remember being that douchebag at the bar or not even bar, like the restaurant who would ask for, hey, can you make me a Mai Tai? Oh, my God. And he would just mock me because there's no way you could get one. Now I can pretty much walk into at least every any like Scopos hospitality place. Like, oh my god! Yeah, or any sort of like pretty much you can go to any any non pub bar, any non Irish bar in this area, and get some variation of the mai tai. I think it's important that drinking has changed. Drinking has changed a lot, and I mean not just for me personally, but just the overall aesthetic of bars from the time I was in my 20s to the time now, like where you do have the Scopus Hospitality thing, you've got a lot more bars and restaurants trying to, instead of get you wasted on 50-cent beers, they're trying to get you to drink these $12 cocktails. Mm -hmm. I think that's a very important thing, and I think it's a nice change because, like, it's not just getting, like, sloshed at, like, TGI Fridays on a Thursday and what they consider to be, like, a Blue Hawaii or a Blue Shark or a Blue Lightning, whatever they called it. Now you're getting like some real drinks. You're getting some real cocktails. You know, cocktail culture has permeated the country, and it's it's really great that we can be able to do it. Um, down when I, I just came back from Wildwood for a week, and every single place had some variation of. I've got a painkiller. There's a place that like just a regular In bar. Wildwood. There was just a bar that had a painkiller. It could have been Cape May. I don't remember at this point, but like it was an option at at least one or two bars I went to, and. That is just because that means they have Coco Lopez like there, on yeah. ta- like ready for you, and and they're making them well. I had a mai tai at a different restaurant I went to. Um, just so you know, and I, we say Scopo's Hospitality because there's a bunch of them. And they're all around here, but uh, they're the ones that own the Barrow House and the Vanguard in Harrison and the uh, Gus's in uh, I forgot where that place it's is. It's in. Uh, oh, oh, we got another call coming. I recently in. went to Gus's. It's fantastic. You should go there. There's now break. one in Verona on Bluefield Ave that you should go to too. That's really good. Great, great food. George speaking. Welcome it's to Alex. Matai Happy Hour. Oh, because I was wondering who Jeffrey Rosen was. Alex, my alter ego. Holy shit! So Alex is our biggest fan. I know. Period. Uh, guitar player of pretty much, or bass player of pretty much every band every that I love, band. every good band out there. Hot Blood, I think, is your mainstay right now, or am I wrong? Did that, like, Hot Blood still your thing, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, Dude, you've been wanting to go on, get on the show forever, and uh, sad I to know. report that uh, this is our last show. I'm pretty bummed. Uh, Sorry, man. Uh, it's all right. Is there a special moment? Is there a particularly ridiculous thing that we've done in the past that you've particularly enjoyed? I mean, it didn't really happen per se, but the Ninja Star thing with Handbone was pretty good. You've been wanting me to do the Ninja Star. So that was right before the pandemic. <laughs> I'm glad we never did that. And we were, I said I was going to throw Ninja Star. There was a period in time where I was mean to John. Now, thank God he can't use that excuse for quitting because I've been very nice to him You've for a while. wonderful. But I, and I, I need to make it clear to people listening to the show that, like, 
It was all an act. I'm not actually aggressive. There was a point where I had friends call me up saying, calm down a little bit. I'm like, but that's the gimmick. I'm he the made heel. A wellness check. I'm like, I'm the heel on the show. I, you know, I torment him. And I, there was a period of time where I thought, I think I was just trying to find out ways to like throw shit at you. And you would go with it. And the Ninja Stars. There's got to be a line. And then COVID happened and the Ninja Stars never happened, yeah, sadly. Um, there's one contained the camera. I was, I was trying to find something just for the camera so it would look good, but. Uh, I think we're talking about thumbtacks and whether you would take a bump on thumbtacks. If my back wasn't that messed up, I would have taken a bump on thumbtacks. And you were still drinking, I think, at the time of the Ninja Stars. So I think you might have been stupidly admitting that you could do stuff possibly while inebriated. But not Ninja Stars. Not Ninja Stars. Because Ninja Stars, I think, could actually kill you. I went to a party once. Did I ever tell you the story? I went to a party, and it was one of my old drinking buddies, and we would go hard. But he also would, like, disappear and then find, like, cocaine and then come back and whatever. But I went to a party at his house once, and everyone was, like, wasted out of their minds. I go to, I'm like, oh, where's this dude? And he's like, they're like, oh, he's downstairs. He's waiting for you. So I go downstairs, and there's a bunch of people hanging out partying. There's a bunch of lines on the table, and they're just all throwing ninja stars at the, at the wall. And I'm like... This is like the worst after-school special I've ever been in. I gotta go. I've never owned a ninja star or a or a um, butterfly knife. I feel like I'm not a dude because of that. Yeah, I feel like you have all your fingers because of that. Alex, have you ever had ninja stars or a butterfly knife? No. You are significantly younger. I think that was like an '80s, '90s kid thing to do. Like I will write someone having a butterfly knife into any every, story. Every every like uh, metalhead kid had the, the butterfly knife, and they would swivel around in class because that was okay at the time. Yeah, hashers, man. Alex, what are you up to lately? Uh, just moving to a new place, and uh, the damned are playing tomorrow. So, so uh, should I go to the damned tomorrow? Should I? I'm sure tickets are still available. I think you both should. Um, yeah. The lineup's really good. Nightbirds and uh, Baby Shakes. So I know there's no Captain Sensible, but... Uh, he, oh, he is, and what happened? Is he okay? I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not really sure why he's not on the tour. But uh, visa issues or COVID or something? I mean, if he's not vaccinated, there could be a reason. Um, yeah, I'm not really sure. Hmm. But uh, still, Davanian. I think that might be it as I far mean, as originals. Obviously, let's be honest. Well, Oxymoron's still in the band, isn't he? The keyboard player. That's what I was asking. I think so, but he's not technically like an original, you know. Yeah, but he's been there for OG. as long as I've given a shit about them. Yeah, um, and you know they had a different base. His wife was the bassist back when I first saw them. Um, I might see you there. I'm feeling the urge. If tickets are available, let me know if they sell out. But I might go there. At last few times they've been available at the door at Stone Pony, so. Um, You'll be able to get it. I, I was think. hoping it would be at Asbury Lanes. I went there recently, and that was the best sound system I've ever heard in my life. Have you been to the new Asbury Lanes? Yeah, we we played there. I guess two weekends ago at Deer Tick. Does the sound sound as good on stage as it does in the crowd? Because it is incredible. Um, on stage, it's. I mean, it sounds like you're playing on stage, but people have, like um, like you were in the audience told us it was the best we've ever sounded. It sounds like a CD. It it's, really does. I saw I saw the Coffin Cats and uh, Reverend Horn Heat, and he was just like perfect. I, I don't know if it's the sound guy or the balance, but absolutely incredible um i will let you know if i go see the damn tomorrow i'm i'm leaning towards yes depending on work because i just launched a couple samsung phones so i'm losing my mind but i thank you so much for calling the show i thank you so much for being a fan john any parting words for our biggest fan you know what? i'm a big fan of him so i'm glad to talk to you tonight and uh I was going to keep an eye on your if, rock and roll, buddy. If and when we do the reunion, we'll make sure you're on the show. Absolutely. I'd love that. All right. You take care. Buddy. I hope to see you guys soon. Take care. Bye. Later, buddy. Bye. Alex has been trying to get on this show forever. I know. He's like, I just want to find the perfect segment to be on. 
And I, like you're never gonna find the perfect segment. You just gotta watch something and show up and just yeah, talk about it. it. That's it, you know. Or let's just interview you about your band, <laughs> like whichever band you're playing in at this time. That's a big oversight on our part. Um, <laughs> COVID happened. I COVID know. happened, fuck, and we COVID we, we were up, on a killer, killer thing of having one person, like one interview a month before COVID Sometimes happened. Too. We were doing a yeah. great job of it. And then it's just like that. And I just, I, I, you know, everybody was feeling weird. So I was like, I don't want to do phoners. And I don't know. Yeah. But you know what? I will say this about us. We did not miss a beat during the pandemic. We did shows the entire pandemic, you know? And I, I think that if there's one thing that I'm grateful for that we were able to provide as a show, it's that we gave people something to listen to when the whole world was going to fucking shit in real time. Yeah. Sandman, the unmakeable show. The unmakeable show got made. And it's good. It is shockingly good. It's, and you know why? And I started reading the comic book just to go remember. It's actually better than the comic book. At least the first book. Because the first book was so 90s goth. And slow. And slow. And this show is not goth. It just isn't. He does. He looks the part. Look, he looks like what yeah. he looks like. He looks it well. But in the comic book, everyone was like that. And it was like, it was of a time. It was very much, you know, the soundtrack was Nine Snails and Bauhaus. And we're getting another call. All right. Welcome to the show. This is the last well, episode of my Thai Happy Hour. Who is joining us now? Uh, this is Josh, and and I'm not. I don't know how to handle this. Oh, buddy, I'm, I'm sorry, man. I'm I'm speechless, and you both know that's hard to accomplish. It is very hard to accomplish. <laughs> we, we were just talking about you. What were we saying? We we're talking about. I'm blanking. He's something you used to make fun of me about. I don't remember at this point. I think we were. Oh, that could be a lot of yeah, things. It could yeah, be a lot a, of things. A list. It could be a lot of things. Uh, yeah. Well, thank you for joining the show. Do you have a favorite segment in the past that you? Uh, you know what? And and maybe it's because I I was on for a couple of these, but I was a big fan of a punk rock cannon. Yes. Cannon. Yes. I yes, like yes. those. I completely disagreed with a lot of your rules, but I love the conversations that were had. I, I, the only reason we stopped that was honestly, it was because Facebook killed the, um, they killed they their, their it all the up. polls. And that was the easiest oh. way. To, like, I really wanted to be interactive and mm -hmm. Twitter did not have a good polling system. Um, uh, Instagram or no, no Twitter. It just wasn't the right audience. Instagram didn't really have, I don't know if they've ever even gotten a good polling system. So there was no way to really gauge the audience. And if I didn't have that, it didn't, it wasn't as fun. It yeah, was like, 100%. if you couldn't like win or someone couldn't win the punk rock can, it just like, it wasn't as exciting. It was just like, okay, just George and John and whoever the guest is, is talking yeah. shit about an album or liked an album. I feel like we got through like 10 of them. We got through a lot. And no, there's a decent amount face. No, we did a lot, but like 10 of them, and then Facebook like screwed up the polls. Yes, it literally. I don't know why they killed surveys, but I was like, "Well, that sucks. I can't actually like, yeah that that's exactly why it stopped. It just if I couldn't interact with the crowd, it just kind of got kind of lame. So but, but, I get it. But yes, and I, I mean it's fair that the Offspring Smash is the greatest album of all time. You need to stop. Talk. Just stop. Just stop. Oh my god, it's we, the we, end. It's we, the we end. So you could stop. You could end the joke, man. You, you don't have. I, I listen. I respect your commitment. I, I do, but but you can let the joke die. So I, the worst part is the joke has kind of become truth because I know I've, I've grown to actually love the offspring now on Instagram. Like I follow them and just seeing that like they're actually because like the fact that Dexter Holland is right now trying to find the cure for AIDS and is part of that vaccine Amazing. that's being made like. 
is really fucking cool. Like he's actually using his virus, whatever his like, he's a, he's a uh, professional like scientist for viruses and is using that in the COVID vaccine to help find a cure for AIDS is pretty fucking cool. Undeniably. Yeah. And uh, you know, I, the, the albums are pretty good too, but I'm not going to get into that. I'm not going to say anything about that. <laughs> uh, have you seen prayer Sandman yet? No. Um, so I was away the past couple days ah. um, with like limited internet access. So I didn't even know about them really yeah. until I got until like yesterday. So, there's so three things, I had no clue. Three things you have to watch. Pray. But pray, pray seems awesome. Pray is amazing. Incredible. Sandman is actually good. Swear to God, really good. Not joking. It's actually well done. And they fix like the stuff that would have been hokey for today in the comic okay. book. And the Guar documentary is awesome. Oh, I didn't know about that. It's yep. on Shutter right now. Yep. Oh, I didn't know about that. And I was just talking about Guar last week with some friends and about how amazing they are. I introduced them to the, to the Guar bar and they were, they had trouble comprehending. You took them to the Guar bar? You went to the Guar no, bar? No, no, no. I told them about the Guar bar. Yeah. The Guar That's, bar. Yeah. The, the Guar bar. What are you doing? Stop making noises. You're driving me. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The Guar Bar in Richmond, Virginia, you go thinking it's going to be this like dive bar. It's like this super high scale cocktail bar with like really good like vegan and veggie food options. Like it is gourmet. It's fantastic. But all the it's like almost like a hard rock cafe for Guar. Fucking that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't see the problem. This sounds amazing. Yeah. It's just getting to Richmond, Virginia sucks. Like getting from. Yeah. The problem is then you're in Richmond. Yeah. Driving from DC to Richmond is one of the worst drives in the world. It's not easy, man. I've done it and it does indeed suck. Yeah. So, well, those are, those are topics for tonight. I thank you for reaching out. Any parting words for Josh? One of, again, one of our biggest fans since day one. I appreciate you always calling in and being a part of the show, Josh, and listening because, you know, the episodes are long. So thank you. I listen. Thank you for all the uh, movie recommendations. And you guys have turned more than anything else. You've turned me on to a lot of awesome TV and movies. And uh, I thank you for it. And I'm going to miss the show. I, all I, kidding I, aside, going to miss the show. I felt my biggest role was actually us watching the shit so other people didn't watch it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You're also a big filter. There is also a big filter. I'm like, okay, I could skip that one. You, you being the, I think that's what killed you. You, you, you watched so much bad stuff. Morbius killed me. Morbius, Morbius was, killed you. Morbius was the nail. <laughs> Honest to God, like when people, when people ultimately ask me, like, well, you know, what happened? I'm like, well, you know, I, I needed to really focus on writing, but like, man, Morbius fucking killed me. Morbius broke you. Morbius, you know, here's the hint I gave him. He didn't know until later. Uh, 1.2x on Plex and on Netflix and whatever. It's a great way to watch a show that might be bad. Uh, mm. And it, it's, not, it's not weird enough to uh, be jarring. I learned that actually from uh, listening to podcasts and audiobooks. Josh, thank you so much. Uh, we appreciate you listening all these years. You rock. You're the best. Take care. Uh, you you guys are awesome. Bye. Take care, guys. So here's the thing with Sandman. Right, it moves along. It moves along. It moves along. It moves along in a, in a pace that it, it's not just trying to get it over with, but it moves along in a pace where, like, from what I read, they are pretty much going through like two books. It's two books, but also like up to sixteen different things that happen in like side quest books and all this other stuff. But they do it in a way where you don't feel like they're going through like eight, sixteen pieces of like material. It's like okay, they know how to get from A to B. They know how to tell a compelling story. 
It feels more like episodic television than most things that appear on Netflix do, which I appreciate. I appreciate that it doesn't so much like feel like they're trying to make a movie every episode. It's like, okay, so this is this is what an episode of TV is going to be like, as if it was going to get released one after the other on like an HBO Max or something. So I think the casting is great in it. I think the visually it looks stunning. And I think they took something that is so important to so many nerds and I think they did a respectful enough job with the source material while still, like, moving it along fast enough that people would stay interested in it from a modern world. Because, I mean, that happened many years ago, Sam, and came out. Oh, it's the 90s. Uh, until, like, 2003, I think. Uh, one of the best episodes was – there actually there's two episodes I, I loved. And one was the Diner episode. That was great. Which didn't have Sam or any of the Endless really in it. It's the um, – I'm blanking on his name. The uh, no one's gonna miss John. This. His name? <clears throat> no, 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 no. The guy. He, he has a super. Oh no, no, no. You're right. There's two. There's lots of bads, big bads in this. But yes, there's this one guy who basically is able to uh, make people be honest with themselves to the point of like and each other. Yeah, and each other to the point of like destruction. And there is a scene in a diner where he just interacts with people, and you watch them be honest with each other, and it's just brutal. They basically end up the whole place ends up. I don't even have to spoil much to see. It gets ugly. And this show is violent. Uh, but that that episode I loved. And I love, love, love the episode where uh, Morpheus, Sandman, Dream, whatever his name is, uh, you get to see him through time with that one gentleman. Someone, Death, his sister Death, gives this one guy, this random guy, almost like as a, as a rib, just like as a joke, gives this one guy immortality. And Dream says to him, I will meet you here every 100 years to see if you still enjoy immortality. And every year he comes back and finds him, except for the 100 years he's stuck in like a bubble. Right. And that is such a great episode because you need an episode. Dream, Morpheus, Sandman doesn't have much emotion. He's he's a very, um, and this is one of the complaints that everybody has on the show, but since I've read the comic book, I expect it. The main character doesn't have much in the way of emotion. He's just got like a one-track mind. He's a god. He's been. He's an eternal. He's an endless. And uh, I felt this episode humanized him in a way that you couldn't really do through a comic book or or if they you know they needed that episode to really make you care about him or else you'd kind of be like, well, why do I like this character? Why do I like the main character? Well, just imagine a gothy character like this in 1989, right? With not a lot of emotion, but a lot of sprawling storytelling going on from, I think, eight, uh, from what it says here, it's 89 to 96, plus a bunch of, like, odds and ends shit. Like, No, a, it lasted way longer than 96. It had to have. It. That's the main 75-issue run. Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought it went to the 2000s. Well, other stuff popped up. Stories popped up here and there, but, like... I didn't realize it was only 75 issues. Like, there's, I think there's only so much brooding anti-hero we can take as a society like i think we've we've reached peak you know brooding anti-hero and i think they do a good job with the humanization of him by keeping him moody but also keeping him oddly hopeful at the same time and by moving the plot along so it's not like slow and like because if, if they didn't move the plot along it would be too existential and too slow and brooding and then like you, by the time you got to episode 10, you wouldn't have gone anywhere. Yeah, so I, I, I think this is a, one of the best adaptations I've seen. Allison said, like, in the later episodes, it got a little CW on her, but I think it's just, uh, I think they had to spread the budget around a little bit because uh, in the earlier episodes, they used that budget. It actually almost feels like an HBO Max show. And, again, my big argument was, like, and I, I did some research on it. 
Um, HBO passed on it two, three years ago. Like it wasn't that it wasn't a long time ago. They passed on it recently. Warner right before HBO Max came out, Warner passed on it. And that's nuts in retrospect that Netflix basically scooped a good DC property up when all the shit's going on right now with DC. Yeah, I mean, we're going to get max three years of Sandman. Three, yeah, three seasons. At least three three years. And then if it's, I've realized with Netflix, they do the math. There's math that has to be done. And at some point you have to say, are we getting enough subscriptions off this show to justify paying a bump in the salaries for the unions? And that actually makes more sense than just, oh, they do three years and then they kill it. After three years, we've learned that there there is a union bump in pay that has to be given to actors and stuff. And they do the math that you have to do. It makes sense. That's why shows get canceled on in, in like the real low. World. Yeah. I mean, it just it's just the way it is. Like how much so hopefully Sandman is able to um and it seems to be doing very I think it's one of the most viewed things they've had in a while. So oh pray, by the way, number one thing on who ever. 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 So the oh, the one thing we mentioned about Prey, sorry, is like it's a one and done one shot though. Like you can't really make a sequel to that. It would be kind of dumb. So I hope they no, uh, just Predator in a different era. That <laughs> that's it, and hope you do it right. It could get a little cheesy that way. Figure out a reboot, it'll be great. But Sandman, I'm hoping for three seasons that gets through six books, including the really popular one, which I'm blanking on the name. But there was one that was like one of the best storylines of all time. Uh, and it was the one I read first. Um, but I'm here for it. You want to know a million, million, million dollar idea for the Predators franchise? I thought about it the other day. I was going to talk about it before we talk about Prey. Predator in Whitechapel, London, hunting Jack the Ripper. Mm. And obviously you're rooting for the Predator because fucking it's Jack the Ripper. But like, could you imagine that? Victorian London comes down. Hunting for the ultimate killer. You got that because I think it was like episode six or seven. They kind of like alluded in the one where the guy comes back every hundred years. Yeah. He alludes to uh, Jack the Ripper. Uh, (laughs) That's Sandman. I'm tired. It's been a long day. I was at Samsung Unpacked today. I was Indiana George in the Temple of uh, Foldables today. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, You keep doing these great like short little like mini movies before you sell a phone, which I think is like amazing. I I do it because... And I'm not going to put down Verizon, but the training we do for salespeople is very driven by key selling points. You know all this. You've worked yeah. in that business. Yep. I found that just by just throwing things at people, they don't really learn how to sell a phone. Of course. Um, so for me, I try to find new ways to humanize phones, primarily for our front line and for employees to really understand why a phone is awesome. And then on top of that, externally for people to just enjoy. But that's why I do what I do. It was actually created as an internal tool to just get people psyched for new phones because just putting five bullet points on a smart board somewhere is not going to really entice a salesperson to know how to sell sell it. But if you watch my video and just memorize what I say, you could sell a phone. Yeah. And and that's and that's what I try to do with those videos. If you've seen them, hashtag George Talks Tech on Twitter or wherever. Uh, but that's what I do for Verizon, and, and not my day job. It's actually something I do just every now and then. But my crew, especially Michael Herbert, our executive producer, he sits for hours at home and combing like party cities. You know, we don't have much budget. That's like a hundred dollars worth of props. It's a yeah. lot of spider web and some cheap tiki gods and a dude hitting a smoke gun Love it. to get smoke and ambiance. It's uh, and people throwing trash on me. But we finally did Indiana Jones. I think it came out really well. We finally got the tiki in there. So definitely check it out if you haven't. 
I mean, you did the Max L commercial. You did Indiana Jones. You did Star, Star Wars. Star Wars was one of the best I ever did. More because I was paranoid as hell that Disney was going to come after us. But we had good lawyers. We have a great team of lawyers that just make sure we stick into parody yeah. and don't cross that line. And, uh, you know, hopefully uh, we'll be doing these for years to come. Nobody at Verizon has, like, said anything yet. Perfect. You know, I'm not on brand 100%, but we go as close as we can. We even got George Talks Tech branded by the branding department. So awesome. I don't even own that name, but uh, we'll see how that goes. So, Sam, do you recommend? I do recommend it. I definitely think it is good bingeable. However, it's done in a good manner where you could actually watch it episodic and stretch it out a little bit and, and get a really enjoyable experience from that as well. Awesome. Uh, the Guar documentary oh my god it was great wait before we go to guar did you watch so i forgot to put it on your list but like <clears throat> do you know there's a new teenage mutant turtle movie you should if you love the turtles i don't know if you do or not there is there's a new turtle on netflix on there's a new turtles on netflix it's a cartoon right yes if we ever if we were going to do another show next week that would have been on it but you know sadly this is the end of my tie happy hour my heart just breaks every time i look at you um, there is, um, and there is a, a three-part Woodstock documentary on Netflix for Woodstock 99. I'm like, that is bonkers that they were able to get three hours worth of content out of Woodstock 99. Well, the original Woodstock doc, the, the, the one that they made, the HBO made, the HBO made, it was like an hour and a half, right? And it was good. And it was good and it was tight. And I wonder if with three hours, there's just too much. You know what was missing from it? It what? The Offspring. The Offspring. And The Offspring were the only positive force, the only good force at Woodstock 99 that was trying to stop the violence, and they did their best. Yeah, I mean, and you know what the thing is? They had to keep playing, because if they stopped playing, there would have been a riot. Like, <laughs> And it's, it, it's a very tricky thing when you think about, like, the position some of these bands were put in, where, like, there's some bands who were kind of, you know, their team of lawyers would tell you that they were not inciting a riot. But you can also incite a riot when you're trying to keep the peace by being like, all right, fuck, this guy's not playing. So, I mean, good on the offspring for getting out there and, and making sure that people were as safe as they possibly can be in a terrible situation. I know so many people who, after they watch the Netflix one, after they watch the original one, they had thoughts. But after they watch the network, Netflix one, they're all like, yeah, we were really too young to be going and experiencing something like that. Like, as parents now, this would probably be, like, the biggest nightmare. And we'd, like, probably, like, not ever let our children go, like... I mean, but then again, like nothing like that could ever happen again. No, you know, no. like no, that was just such such chaos. But like Woodstock '99 came out because Woodstock '94 should never have happened again, and they did it again in five years later, and that was they haven't been able to do one since. So that is uh, on my list of stuff to watch. Weren't they trying to do one right before the pandemic kicked off? Oh, hold on. Oh, oh. Hey, that one said his name. That did say his name. That's so weird. I don't think it's no ever surprises. said a name before. Welcome to the final episode of My Thai Happy Hour. Oh. You are the most requested guest we've ever had. And I think the most oh. frequent guest that we ever had, too. Probably the most frequent <laughs> guest. Probably the most Yay! Frequent. But, oh, this saddens me. Uh, I know. There's going to be no My Thai Horror Hour this October. Literally, he's killing My Thai Horror Hour. Not- you guys, you should just do a one-off. I I I don't want to I don't want to get my hopes up. I don't want to get sad. I'm trying. I'm trying so hard here. If you want to do a, a one-off my tie horror hour, I will absolutely do a one-off my tie horror. Hour. Uh, I'm not going to hold him to that. Then we got to schedule ourselves through his like agent, and you know it's, I do not have an agent. Be like it's going to be like when I try to hang out with Chris Gathard. It's going to be hard. I would now. love to have an agent because then I can get off social media. 
<laughs> I think instead of a so, an agent, I would prefer a social media person. Manager. It's called social media manager. If you actually yeah. want to pay when I got some, I could send you. Yeah, um, <laughs> what do you become rich and famous We're from? publishers. We can't afford shit. Uh, Matt, what's your favorite thing you've ever seen on the show or heard on the show? Um. Oh, God. Or done on I the mean, show. It, the, the 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 horror countdowns were always my favorite. You know, best of the or best of the year episode. Oh yes, um, yes, yes. When we do, I think the last week before horror, where we do the the best horror movies of the year. Yes, and that I mean the amount of horror movies I've seen because of this show, like Hereditary, I would never have seen oh if I didn't force us <laughs> to watch it for this show. Still get us so uncomfortable talking about I it. I would. I would. There's so many great horror movies. I mean, there's so many bad horror movies we've seen too. But the like Requiem. for the most, oh, that was the worst ever. <laughs> But the amount of great ones we've seen just because we had to watch them from our show, like I, I have to say that has been a big spur. Like every October, I mean, I had to crunch. I'd have to watch a lot of horror, but like I would, I would tell you though, these are like the most ones that people are talking about. Yeah, Stick to definitely. these, but you're right. You're right. It's yeah. the horror and the horror and you know, Emmy award win to have an Emmy award winning anything. Absolutely. On your show. <laughs> Our ratings absolutely. would pop when you were on TV and the girls would see the show. It was crazy. It was absolutely <laughs> like our numbers were through the roof. Sure. My, sure. my favorite episode is still Dial a Swede. I was going to say that. Dial a Swede will still go down as the, even though the, the one we did with the, with the fake, uh, with the fake uh, ghost singer, that's probably, oh no, no. I think Frank probably having Frank on was probably our most viewed episode ever. But the fake, the fake, <laughs> fake ghost singer got us the most heat. But Swede, the Swedes, they picked up when, I, when they picked up, and we had Greg call in as a ringer, and oh nobody God. knew that, and everybody thought it was really a Swede. And he's like, <laughs> "I'm not, I'm not a Swede, but I'm, not, I'm, a, I'm a, I'm a expat, and I'm, I'm here." <laughs> And then it, it really quickly, right after we did that episode, like they stopped that shit. They're like, no, because too many reporters were calling in and interviewing sw random Swedes. Yeah. So we got in literally on the day of of that. That's probably my favorite thing because that was really when I was trying to find stuff that wasn't just us reviewing things to find weird gimmicks to do. That was because <laughs> I would just troll Twitter. I'm like, what is hot to talk about? So our first episode, we talked about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. We talked about the Guns N' Roses reunion. We weren't really reviewing things. No, we were just shooting the breeze and getting wasted on TV. Oh, oh. <laughs> I don't remember the first three. So I remember Dial of Swede. But other than that, I really don't remember the first 33 episodes of the show. I just remember Dallas Week because we also had Stu on that show. And I love Stu, but it was like the dynamic between Dallas Week and interviewing Stu was just a <laughs> weird roller coaster of like, of conversation it was a very very strange episode and i think he was sitting with us on the couch while we were doing the dial of sweet and fully in the bag yeah doggy dave so yeah my, my favorite parts of the show were definitely matt and doggy dave like hands down like the best guests we've ever had yeah, man, no. we've had you on more. It's just it was hard to get you to watch stuff in advance to actually get you on the show. Though, when we would give you enough notice, we, I, I will say he's one of the most prepared guests we've ever had. Ever. Uh, but, so I took my I took that seriously, mate. Do you know who? And I should have uh, told him that we're going to be on the air tonight. Uh, Jonathan Levine every year when the anniversary of that video shows up, always reaches out and thanks us for Aww, love that, guy. that episode and can't wait to do it again. But sadly. 
this is the last episode ever, so Jonathan Levine will never get to live out that fantasy ever again. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> we Our biggest fan called it, Alex Rosen from... Uh, from uh, Asbury Park. Yeah, from Asbury Park. And he, uh, he's he been trying to get on this show for six years, and we just can't couldn't make it work. And he's so sad right now. He got it on the last Aww. one. So, so sad. There's so much sadness. Have you seen Prey yet? I have not seen Prey. I, I have seen uh, the, I just saw the last Jurassic Park. Oh. Train I'm wreck. Sorry. Holy cow. I can't believe that just passed Doctor Strange 2 in, in worldwide gross. Oh. Um, it's but funny I, because... and I, oh, no, you go I, did, I did see Nope. That was the other one. Oh, I, I want to see Nope. Nope is still on my right. Again, we were going to see it and I was told no. Uh, no, I was told nope. nope. Um, but you saw the Guar documentary, right? What do you think of the Guar documentary? I love the Guar documentary. I was hysterical. The only thing, like, they, like you knew. If you didn't know the band, it was still easy to follow along, but you also knew who was dead because they just were never interviewed, you know. Like, find an interview with what, Donnie, whatever, the lead singer, the main guy. Uh, uh, yes, Odorous Urungus. Yeah. Yes. Um, you know, it was it, that was very uh, sad. Part, uh, but- <laughs> Matt, I got to cut you short. We got another call coming in. I thank you Love so you, much, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love you guys. Miss you so much. If we ever come back, maybe one year. <laughs> Love you, buddy. Hey, welcome to My Thai Happy Hour. Who is who's calling in? Hi, this is Adam Bird. <gasps> oh shit! What up, I think, buddy? I think we're ending with Adam Bird tonight. Oh man, dude, Adam Bird. I'll never forget that one time <laughs> where we thought it was a good idea on live streaming to the second time we just to stream while having wrestling pay-per-view playing on the bar. Oh, man. And poor oh, yeah. Adam kept looking. He was dressed like Kurt Cobain for reasons unknown and staring at the TV. Everybody just thought he was fucked up looking at, like, just, like, because nobody on TV could tell, on YouTube could tell that there was a wrestling event happening. Yeah. And uh, I felt so bad because I think everyone's like, why is their guest like just fucked up looking completely different direction? <laughs> like, no, he's just a wrestling fan. Adam, welcome to the last episode of My Thai Happy Hour. Hand Thank bo- you for hand, having hand me. Bone is killing the show. Wow. And my heart and the heart of all our fans. George. I cannot believe. Um, I'm, you know, I'm glad to see George be thrown off the cliff uh, with my own eyes, but I, I hate to see it happen because, uh, it's it's one of the greatest experiences of my adult life showing up here with you gentlemen. I mean, I hope we inspired you with your podcast and everything you've done. Like, I, I hope we had a little bit to do with that. I mean, I know, God, we kicked off an entire career. Hamlin didn't know what a podcast was when I forced him to do one. And then he became a podcast producer one day. It did? And then wow. killed it. Killed it. I mean, amazed. not killed it like he's killing Monty Happy Hour. Jesus Just Christ. killed it. Killed it. You um, know, it's like shooting Lassie. Have you used that one already? No, we haven't used that one yet. <laughs> no, I mean, I created this six years ago to get over the loss of my son. And and I created this show and I brought in my best friend because I thought there was no better co-host in the world to help me get over massive depression than John McGuire oh, sitting you, next man. to me. 
I'm glad like, I could help. No one, no one could do it that you could because I needed to get my mind off things. And I figured just talking about rock and roll and movies and pop culture and 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 getting drunk on camera in front of all our friends, <laughs> Ian Gonzalez's mom, who's our biggest fan, um, would be uh would be a good idea. And it lasted six years and two hundred and fifty eight episodes. Jesus. Uh, but Adam, you are definitely one of, you are the only musical guest we've ever had on the show to perform. That was definitely a test I wanted to try. And I was hoping again, we were, we were set up. I was going to say, we were set up to start doing interviews every month and then COVID happened. And that was the end of musical guests. Right. And I think I called in during COVID, didn't I? You did. I did a, I did a COVID report. We we're just doing checks to make sure our friends were alive. It's basically what yeah. We were that doing. was that was a wild that was a wild time. Yeah, we've been through some shit, huh? We've been through a lot of shit. Uh, uh, but yeah, you're our first musical guest. Uh, I'll never forget. I set up a studio in that corner, which is a drum set now. Gabe, uh, my son, is now does our drum intro when he's around and just sits down and plays. When the drums. he's around, well, he he loves he loves John. So I haven't told him yet that this is. Oh no. Because the one thing he loves more than anything is coming down. He just waits every week to put that headset on and uh, see his uncle Hambone. Wow. And now that's the end of that. And now now he's too big of a big shot for for the for the young man, you yeah. know? No, I'm not gonna make him cry. I can't do it. I can't do <laughs> it. Don't weaponize the kid. We we premiered Gabe on this show. We did. Gabe was like five days old. I wore him in the papoose yeah, he did. on the thing and was like, look, I get Alice to come and take it off and pull him out because he was so little. I mean, he was literally days old. Yeah, it no, was like the Wednesday bean. after he was born. So that's on this show. We can say that happened. How are you doing being a dad? Oh, it's wild. Uh, my kid just decided he's a toddler and uh, he's, he's grown up. He's a fucking toddler already. It's crazy. He's not even... He's not even one yet, and he's uh, he's doing all kinds of super grown up stuff already. And it's like, dude, you need to chill out. He's he's like uh, really tall. He's like almost twenty seven pounds. He's a freak. He's a big kid, yeah. Um, Gabe is tall. He's fun now. Gabe's tall but slim. He took after his mom. Um, but yeah, look, I I can't say enough. Having a boy. And I'm not putting down girls at all, but having a boy is just the craziest experience in the world. Because like all we do is bro down and like play Legos, and he just wants to be his dad. Like good he life, is, man. It's a good life. He's a he's a he's a great kid. So I look congratulations. I know I, I I hit you up on social a lot, but you know I we appreciate you being on the show. We want to get you on more. I know you were trying, but we were kind of fucked up with the pandemic, and even yeah. after the pandemic, we've had issues with getting COVID and. And sick and like just monkey pox. I don't know. Like it's just, it, it gets tough to try to actually pull these together. And you know that's why John is is leaving us and killing my dream. Uh, but I'm not depressed anymore. So at least there's that. <laughs> at least there's that. I mean, this is the most important thing I've ever done in my life. Is this podcast? I can honestly say that. I mean, other than having my kid, but then there's this podcast. Like, you put a kid for put a kid. Over there is first. nothing I look forward to more every week than know, sitting man. down with you and talking like two dudes. About the shit we loved all week long, and uh, I'm going to miss this more than anything in the world. I miss it too, I'm man. not going to give you grief. I'm not going to guilt you. You're doing what's right for you. Um, 
But you know, Adam, Adam, what are you doing yes. lately? You you have a new album out. You're you're. I saw your early appearance. You put out that like I saw you on Hambone and Friends. That was fantastic. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I had an excellent time on Hambone and Friends. Um, really good time. Uh, I've never been invited to Hambone and Friends. By the way, just unbelievable. You're doing a show together. Never, never, never been invited on it before. Oh, I'll get you on for George Fox Tech. I've been also uh, studying all about uh, like the jets that Lockheed Martin is making, like the SR seventy two. That's cool. Oh, it's it's it. Can I? I can swear, right? Of course. Yeah. It's fucked up. It's real fucked up. In a bad way or in a good way? It's it, dude. This thing's gonna go like fifteen thousand miles an hour. I mean, it's going to be able to get anywhere on the planet in an, an hour. Is is that that's not like a super, but that's like a military plane, right? I mean, it's like the Blackbird. Well, it's going to probably be like a one of a kind, but it's like it's the the uh, I don't know that breaks down some kind of um, security that currently exists that will be off the table once somebody can now get anywhere on the planet in an hour. Wow. I uh, feel like much like the Hindenburg and that other ship that Iron Maiden sang about in that yep. long song, it's going to yeah. blow up on like its second. <laughs> like it just sounds like a bad idea. Well, they successfully did the SR-71, you know, we all know what that is. Yes. So and that, thing, that thing goes like 6,000 miles an hour, which is already insane. This thing's gonna go. This is now the 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 sequel, the follow up, the sophomore record. Hopefully, not a sophomore slump. I was gonna say, man. Well, that doesn't bode well, man. <laughs> I I want to. Um, if you haven't already, I went to Gabe last weekend to um, Wildwood. Actually, has a really good aerospace museum. That's I think even better than the Smithsonian. If you want to see old bombers, like the crazy bombers, like the ones that you just don't even know existed with like the folding wings. If you really like planes, Adam, definitely go check it out down there. If you ever in Wildwood, I want to. I I'm well. It's more like I got. I mean, I am interested in, in that. Yes. So that you and just then like fast to, planes, and the, and then to capsule that for a moment, put it aside. Um, I'm I'm trying to pull on the thread that I am certain something happens weird at Roswell, <laughs> and I just am am following it back right now and trying to see what a level-headed opinion of things is once you uh start going down that road look all i can say is tom delong was right if it sunk it. if i ever made fun of tom delong on this show i apologize because clearly the u.s government vindicated him and here we are <laughs> big time dude there's just some re- like I, right so like that you know i was into this stuff when i was a kid and i was like oh i see how unlikely all this is okay i'm gonna i'm gonna stop being into it and then I checked on it, you know, I've had some time and dude, there's been a lot of things that have been updated since, you know, the nineties, <laughs> the early two thousands, the last time I think I looked at any of this shit and, uh, I've been just wiling out about that recently. Just, and I've started Krav Maga. 
Ah, good for you, man. <laughs> Adam, Adam, we've loved having you on the show. Thank you so much. We're going to let you go. we got to wrap up the uh, Odorous Urungus Guar segment. You are the best. And uh, oh, well, maybe one you. day, one day when, when, when John's time frees up and maybe he has time to love us again, my Thai happy hour will be waiting you. for you because it will always be happy hour in this basement. It's very true. You take care, Amazing. Adam. Thanks, Adam. You, thanks for having me. Bye-bye, buddy. Later, bud. Bye. We're not going to get through this episode without uh, a phone call coming in. Look, the amount of people that you've touched and yeah, loved, and I, and I can't that. even talk about the amount of people who are writing to us, fans that like you've touched with this show. Well, I appreciate it, everybody. 247,000 downloads. Crazy. And uh, crazy. And, 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 and to think, and, and some of those older episodes on YouTube, like, I think I actually get a quarter every month, um, which I'll probably have to split with you at some point when you want royalties, <laughs> when you sue me for the name, My Thai Happy Hour. Oh, I would never. I will put this on vinyl, though, one day for you <laughs> if you wanted to. I would put this on. I'm not breaking up the band and not giving you vinyl if I ever do it. Oh, that's fucking funny, man. Um, the Guar documentary is phenomenal. I think there should have been more odorous. There's got to be more odorous interviews out there. But I, I, I think that was really the only thing that was missing for it. I think that they did a great job. Overall with it, right? And I think that being that he was alive and in the band up until, what year did he die? It was within 10 years Within ago. 10 years. Like, and being that they filmed so much shit, I am shocked that they didn't have more interviews. Like, I felt like there was like no interviews with him whatsoever. There was one interview. It was like one angle. There was like one that, it was particularly one shot that, I mean, shit, I would have given them my interview with him. Like, he's, I've got great interviews with him. He is very articulate. The stuff, I wish there was more on Red Eye. I appreciate that they didn't make it about the music. They really only get up to scum dogs and then they stop really talking about the music. Yeah, they just talk about what it was like to be in yeah, Guar. And that's what I want to know. Uh, that's what I want to know. And they do a great job. You hear the story of Techno Destructo. A lot of stuff, look, this was pre internet. So it was really a lot of the stories and the falling outs. You only heard from rumors and why people would disappear, like when Sleazy Martini quit the band and, and uh, Slamenstra Hyman. That's all in here, and they get everybody that's alive, for the most part, except, including the guy from Rise Against. That's a good chunk of the movie. And probably the biggest person that came out of the band. I think he was also in Hagfish. He was in Hagfish. Which I think was a spin-off. Weren't they a spin-off of Guar? Weren't they related somehow to Guar? Or no? No, no. He was Maybe in Hagfish just... first, Yeah, and then, his, then, then he got the call to join Guar. I had no idea he was in Guar. I think that Guar. was the end of Hagfish. Yeah, I had no idea he was in Guar, but everyone that's in there, it's in here. It's a great documentary. It's on Shutter right now. Odorous Urungus, uh, you know, is is our the hero we needed, but obviously, in you know, he lived up to his name. Sadly, yeah. he died before his time. Um, Faye will kill you, man. Yeah, and I also didn't know that uh, Jismac or Flatus uh, died of like a heart attack or something. Yeah. I thought he died of drugs, but no, he died because he died around the time the drummer of a uh, Slipknot died. I got a lot. Oh no, the drummer of Event Sevenfold. There was a lot of people dying around that time. Yeah, man. And uh, but in I love that they have the original Beefcake talking about the creation of the band. But he's also and, and the guy who sang Road Behind. He's the current singer, and it's yeah. a nice full circle. They didn't just. I think they should have included a little more on that. Like. It's not like they just got a jabron and kept the band going. Like they got a legacy guy to come in. It's really the only way to do it. And and it it, it works and Guar is way more than the members of the band. And 
I thought they did it justice. Allison really loved it too, which is so because she's not a fan of Guar, but she's a fan of Odorous on Red Eye on Fox when he used to do the Fox oh my God. news. And it's like they fucking had him on every week as the intergalactic correspondence with like Hannity. And like, it's so weird. If you can see them on YouTube, go check them out. God, it was awesome. Anyhow, it's our last episode. What was your favorite moment ever on the show? It still goes down as Dial Swede. Dial Swede. You know, and I was thinking about that today when I was at work. I was like, what was my favorite moment? I mean, there's a lot of great moments, and we had a lot of great guests. We had a lot of great guests. We had a lot of great conversations. We watched a lot of movies. We listened to a lot of records. We, like, watched a lot of TV shows. We we, we put the time in over the last six years. And, you know, it's funny because maybe not a lot of it sticks out to me per se because we've done so much. It's really just the guests and talking to the guests, like, you know, Dave from Dog Eat Dog. We had Frank on here. Had freaking Matt a lot on here. Like, Matt, so Alex Rosen actually texted me and he's like, Are you going to have Matt on tonight? Tell him Matt called in and got overlapped by Adam, but Matt knows he's a legend on this show. Yeah. I mean, and all that stuff was like great to me. But Dial of Sweet, it was, it stands out because it was such a weird skit. And, and I then, don't think you were expecting it. I think I surprised you, you with well, that. Well, it was one. back when you used, to, you used to surprise me with everything. And then I'm like, This is not going to work. And then like the fucking thing picked up and I was like, Oh my God, it's not a rib. Like I thought, I thought from the start it was a rib, and that this was not a real thing, and you were just fucking with me. But and and, and the thing is, I was a lot of the early segments that weren't like obviously based on news stuff. I was trying to get a rise out of you, but it was always real. Like it was always real. So I never like, except when I tried to get Michael Graves to come on this show to fuck with you, and oh I actually God. reached out until I realized then he like turned into a psycho Republican. That was before. He became a, or, you know, he had conservative leanings, but he didn't turn to a racist bigot. Yeah. He wasn't as public because Trump wasn't present when we started this show. Yeah, pre Trump, things were different. <laughs> you know, wow, we've been through a lot. Yes. <laughs> Jesus yes, we have. So, uh, uh, Obama was still president when we started this show. Um, anyway, look, it has been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. Anytime. In my life too, I mean, man. I'm not continuing the show because I'm too lazy to find a new co host, and it just doesn't work because you are literally. The yin to my yang. You are the same way, man. The best co-host I could ever have. I mean, I've never gotten tired of doing this. Like, this is just like this has made me watch more TV and actually enjoy, you know. I you know, I sometimes have to shut you down. I'm like, can you please look at Ron Tomatoes and make sure this isn't like a zero zero? But I finally started doing that. Because he like look, he complains about not having time, but then he consistently watches shit that's like 12 percent like if you look i know ryan tomato skews but i and i'll tell this to everybody there's something to be said about looking at both numbers to averaging <laughs> like if it's both are like five don't watch it yeah don't watch it it's not worth it it's worth going to look because we don't have all the time but look i respect you i want you to go out and do great things with your rpg stuff thanks man when you want to ever because I know it's going to happen. You're going to watch like Avengers in four years and be like, we got to do a show is what's going to happen. Because you're going to want to tell the world your thoughts. Because the fact is you influence so many people with this show. And, all, and all, they all mean the world to me. And, and the fact that anyone listened to it is amazing to me. Like, you know, you said like, what, it was 200 something thousand downloads? 47,000 downloads, yeah. I think I saw. I mean, that's, it's, it's amazing. And it's, it's amazing to have that kind of... Or, or plays. People. I don't actually know how the math yeah, works. but And then it doesn't even count Spotify, which is a whole mess. But still, like, that's... Thank you. 
Thank yes. you to, to everyone who listens. To the like show. I know Mike Random's gonna be sad. Sad. Yeah. Shout out to Mike Random. He, 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 he would hit us up every time we do a wrestling thing. Um, you know, I don't think Don knows. I got to break the news to Don. You know, it's gonna be rough. But look, I I appreciate you being honest with me. And again, anytime uh, this is just gonna stay covered until you and these are gonna sit here until you decide that you're ready to talk about something awesome you've seen, heard done experience because this is the only place to do it it really is man. i mean vintage rpg doesn't really work right for that no <laughs> but, no no i mean like i literally roll out of bed i'm like what are we talking about today still we go for 20 minutes and call it a day i mean this the, the roadcaster will be like the excalibur going into the lake and a lady hold it until it's time but it will be how can the kids reach you you can find me across social media at John McGuire RPG. i'm posting a little bit more because i have things to promote if you want to pick up any of my books you can get them at exalted funeral uh, if you are listening to this episode, I still have a Kickstarter going on for the Devil in New Jersey, a found footage horror RPG that takes place in the Pine Barrens, and the De- Jersey Devil is there as well. Uh, George, really, kids, reach you. I have a dumb question I meant to ask you and, yeah. and or George, and it's not why didn't I receive my books yet, because that just always drives me nuts. It is, you have an ISBN number, you have a UPC number, why don't you just put these on, on, on Amazon? We're going to. Yeah, it's like, that's stupid. That it's, is called... It's It's... It's on the list. There's, I mean, a lot, there's a lot of things that are a little bit backlogged because it's just the two of us doing it. But yeah, that's gonna that's we're getting there. Like, because I would love. There's something to ask me about it. And it's like, yes, it's exalted funeral, and hopefully that doesn't affect them. But they're in the UK. No, they're in uh, Iowa. But they are in Iowa. Why do I think they were in the UK? Do you have a different UK distributor? No, they distribute around the world. Oh, maybe that's what I thought. Yeah. Regardless, get on Amazon. We're gonna just get so there. I can like say, I have a lot of friends who ask about it, and if it's after the Kickstarter. You know, yeah, we're gonna get there. It's on the list. All right, all right. I'm gonna hold you to that. You can reach me at GLK Creative on Instagram and Twitter. George talks tech. I talk tech. Dresses Indiana Jones or a Jedi Knight. I, I don't think there's anyone the else dressing as Indiana Jones to talk about the new Samsung foldables. I think I found the niche. Let's just keep hoping Verizon you are keeps it going. Clearly, the niche. I'm gonna do a it. campaign if they ever cancel me. Like I need you guys to all like, get on there and just like hit up my boss. I don't care. They can't fire me at this point. Like if they did, it's hopefully like, not. I'm the only entertaining thing. There's probably a VP listening right now. There are plenty of VPs. <laughs> the amount of the when we uh, I remember we were on this and we had literally like senior executives at Verizon watching it on Facebook. I'm like, ah, oh, what am I doing? But they would just go to me the next day and go, I like the new Weezer album. That's a crazy thing to have an effect on people. That's awesome. Um, the the back catalog in its entirety, mytitv.com and uh, wherever. I'm not pulling these down. So until I like run out of space, but that's never going to happen. So if you need anything, check it out. If you really love it, I'm actually going to switch the email handle to him so you can deal with the hate mail from people. You just forwarded it to me. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's it. This is it. Sign us off one last time. Everybody remember, be nice. Aloha. Until we meet again.